But then five hours later, the buyer calls you and says, Logan, the garage door is off the track. Come over here and fix it. Or they say, Logan, the garage door is off the track. Your inspector missed this. Today, I want to talk about service after the sale. Okay. Running into some situations lately that's brought this to the top of my mind at the office. Mm -hmm. What we're seeing in a few occasions is a buyer that moves into a house Mm -hmm. and is not happy with the condition that the house it was in when they closed on it or when they moved into it. And this is a very, very sensitive topic Uh because when you're a buying agent, let's talk about it from the buying agent's perspective. Mm -hmm. You sell a house, you help a buyer buy it. You help them make sure it's in good condition. You do an inspection. Mm-hmm. If there's any repairs, you ask for those to be done or you get credits. You do a final walkthrough. The buyer signs off on the house. Mm-hmm. You close. You're done. Yeah. You've done your job. But then five hours later, the buyer calls you and says, Logan, the garage door is off the track. Come over here and fix it. Or they say, Logan, the garage door is off the track. Your inspector missed this. It's funny you say that because that just recently happened to me. It happens every time. Yeah. Let me tell you something, guys. Modern agents, inspectors are people. Yeah. They are humans and they are not going to catch everything that's wrong with a house. Period. End of story. And also, too, but time between the inspection and closing, things many happen. things can happen. Things can happen. The point here is not that you are expected to sell a perfect house or mm-hmm. that you are expected to catch every f- defect. Mm-hmm. That is not your job as the buyer's agent. Yeah. Your job as the buyer's agent is to shepherd the client through the transaction. Mm-hmm. Your job as the buyer's agent is, helped, is to help pick an inspector that does a good job and hopefully minimizes that. Mm-hmm. But your job as the buyer's agent, oh, and, and by the way, your job as the buyer's agent is not to go out and pay out of pocket for every repair that comes up after closing. Yeah. That's where we're getting a little confused too. That is not your job. Mm-hmm. What your job is, however, is to help the buyer understand that they own that house now. Yeah. And that sometimes when you buy a house, things aren't perfect when you move into it. Right. And unless there was a specific term in a contract that said that buyer needed to, that something needed to be done or fixed or replaced or added or subtracted, Mm -hmm. it's over. Yeah. There is no liability left. Right. There is no responsibility left from Mm -hmm. the seller, the inspector, or you as the buying agent. Mm -hmm. None of those people are responsible for the condition of that house. Obviously, if there was an intentional cover-up or if something was deceived or there was some deception or some kind of intentional whatever, that's different. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when the garage door isn't on the track. Right. Simple stuff. It's over. Buyer is responsible for that house now. It's the buyer's house. Yeah. So the buyer can call up the broker and complain that the broker needs to go over there and fix the garage door. And the broker will be nice and patient and kind when the broker explains that that's not the broker's job and it's not the agent's job but it's the agent's job to, to make sure that that call never gets made to the right. broker because the agent needs to, the modern agent needs to help the buyers understand that they're buying a house. And I, I know you're going through this right now cause you just mm. bought one, but I'm telling you, yeah. that's your house now, bro. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's not my problem. Now I care about you. If I'm your agent and I help you buy a house and you run into a problem and you mm-hmm. call me, which you should, cause we have a good strong relationship. Yeah. I'm going to be the first one to drive over there and say, oh, show me what's going on. What yeah. happened? Okay, I'm not going to just call you up and say, hey, man, sorry about your luck. I'm going to help you right. to analyze what's going on. And, and I'm going to show empathy for you. And I'm going to be in there after the sale with you. But I'm not responsible for paying for that. 
Right. No. And if you ask me to, or if you yell at me and insist that I do, number one, it tells me that we haven't built a strong relationship. Right. So if your if your client is yelling at you after the sale because something that happened to the house is he th- he or she thinks is your responsibility, you have a serious relationship problem with your client. Mm-hmm. So that's number one. Number two, you've also not explained or or helped your client manage their expectations for what is or is not going to happen after right. a sale. So you so couple of different occasions this has come up recently as the broker. I'm getting these calls from these agents. Well, I'm getting calls from the clients who mm-hmm. are going around their agents. Oh, okay. And so first of all, when it, when when a client goes around their agent and calls me directly, I'm already I already have a a, a suspicion that they're not acting in a super logically neutral way. Right. In other words, they're probably fired up. Yeah. And but also you, that call should go to the agent. So if it's going to the broker, it tells me there's a breakdown in the relationship. Mm-hmm. which is fine. It happens at the thousand transactions a year. That's going to happen. It's no big deal. But the buy the modern agents, you guys need to be working with your clients after the sale to help them to understand that this is now their responsibility mm-hmm. while still showing and, dipl- and displaying some empathy. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you what, if you can call a garage door opener guy and have him come over there and re reset that garage door and it's 80 bucks for a service call. Yeah. That 80 bucks goes a long way to, to preserving the goodwill and the relationship that you have with your client. Mm-hmm. There's no shame or no problem in my mind with doing that. In fact, I told the agent that I'm, ta- I'm thinking about right now, go do whatever you think is right and mm-hmm. send me half the bill. I'll ride or die with you. No problem. Mm-hmm. I have no problem uh, opening my heart, opening my wallet to help somebody who went through a transaction. They don't feel good about what happened. But that's charity. Yes. That is not responsibility of a transaction. Yes. That's the difference. Another thing I heard was, well, I'm going to call the inspector and have the inspector go back out. No. That inspector's job is done. Yeah. Okay. Now, it's the same thing from the inspector's standpoint. If he or she wants to go out there and take another look at something they might have missed, that's up to them to do. Mm-hmm. But they're not, the buyer is not entitled to that. And the, and the inspector is not responsible to do that. Okay. Those inspectors, they do their best and they get their money. Yeah. The contract's over. Yeah. Okay. Unless there was some fraud, which there never is. It's not the responsibility of the inspector to go back, say, mm-hmm. oops, I missed something. Let me write a check for that. That's not how this works. No. So if the clients think that that's how this works, it means that the agent has failed to help the client understand how it really works. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to talk about. Okay. And I'll be honest with you too. If I have a client who buys a house and something goes wrong inside of the house after closing, Mm-hmm. And they call me and they're upset. I almost always help them with it. Yeah. And I do that for a bunch of reasons. Number one, usually I made a lot of money on the sale. Right. I made six, seven, eight, nine, ten thousand dollars on a sale. And they're talking about something that's a $200 fix and they're really upset about it. I can solve that problem. Yeah. That's up to you as the modern agent, whether you want to go down that route or not. Some people agree with me. Some people will vehemently disagree that, mm-hmm. that they should or shouldn't do that. And that's fine. There's no right or wrong answer, but that's just how I like to do it. I like to serve yeah. and I, I don't mind investing some money after a transaction to make a client feel better mm-hmm. when they don't feel good. A lot of it depends on the client. A lot of it depends on the situation. A lot right. of it depends on the experience that they had. There's a whole bunch of factors that go into that. The cost of the repair, you know, whether if I do the repair, they'll be happy. You know, there's a lot of things like that. Mm-hmm. But the point is, I will only do that after they've been made clear and they understand clearly that, that I'm not... I'm not responsible to do this. Mm-hmm. And pointing the finger at me as your agent is just the wrong place to be pointing it. And so it's hard to say that without sounding cruel. So you have to be careful how you say it. But the way to say it is, hey, look, 
let's let's look into this a little more. Let's see what what we found. You know, obviously, unfortunately, you know, this transaction's over. Mm-hmm. You know, we had a chance to do an inspection. The inspector didn't catch it. We had a chance to do a final walkthrough. We didn't see any problem. You know, unless we have some evidence that the seller intentionally, you know, covered this garage door opener yeah. up, we really don't have a lot of recourse here. Yeah. Ah, it's not good enough for me. Hey, look, that's not that's not good enough for you. I understand. Next step will be to call an attorney. Go give an attorney a call. Go pay for an hour and see what the attorney tells you and call me back. Let me know what you think. They're not going to do that. No. If they do do that, the attorney's going to tell them the same thing. Yeah. You'll notice here, I didn't tell them what the attorney would say. I told them to go talk to an attorney and, and see what the attorney says. Mm-hmm. You know, And also, a lot of times, one of the mistakes I see or I've made too is you don't want to go too many levels ahead of your client. Yeah. What you don't want to do is say, hey, look, if you're not happy with the situation and you feel like you're entitled to some recourse, then the next step is to call an attorney. Mm-hmm. Now, when you when you offer that advice, as opposed to saying, don't worry about it, you can't do anything, it's not your problem anymore, deal with it, you know, it's your problem now, deal with it. You're building trust when you advise the client to go see an attorney, and it's kind of mm-hmm. like, hey, it's us versus everybody, let's go find out what an attorney would say. But if you go too many steps ahead and you say, hey, look, your attorney's gonna tell you you're out of luck. Mm-hmm. Now you're, you're supering that process, you're, you're creating a situation where they're back again and mad at you, okay? At least if they called an attorney and the attorney told them they were crazy, then, and then you call them back up and say, hey, what did the attorney say? Well, the attorney said, I don't have a lot of recourse. You see how that works? Now yep. it's not you just the one being the one telling them they don't have any recourse. You don't go too many steps ahead. Yeah. You could say something like, hey, look, you know, I've been in this situation before. We had, a, we had an inspection. We had a walkthrough. There was no, like, we can't see any evidence of any kind of deception here. Mm-hmm. You know, most likely an attorney is going to tell you that we're, we don't have a lot of options. But, hey, you know, feel free to make that call. Feel free to, t- you know, mm-hmm. pay it you know, to go, go do that due diligence on your own. Cause, yeah. cause frankly, you know, you might be in a situation where you need legal advice and obviously I can't offer that to you. Right. So you can do, you can kind of thread the needle there, but more genuinely what I say, say, Hey, look, there, there are certain things as an agent that it, it feels good to do. Mm. And I've done this before. This, this is an example of what happened. I'm, I sold a house for 600,000 bucks, made an $18,000 commission on it. And I was very excited. It was a great transaction for me. Clients loved it. I texted the clients a couple of days later, you know, like I, I tend to do, Hey, how's the new house? Mm-hmm. You know, baby fall off, you know, fall in the pool yet, you know? And she said, well, you know, we love the house, but we just cannot believe the condition that the sellers left the house mm-hmm. to us. And I said, why, what are you talking about? Well, the kitchen, you know, the fridge wasn't cleaned and the, they didn't mop and you know, it needed to be vacuumed, whatever, you know, all the windows had bugs in them or whatever. And I said, I'm so sorry to hear that. I said, I'm going to call you right back. I called him back and I said, look for a call from XYZ cleaning company. Mm-hmm. They're calling to, they're calling you to schedule. You will not see a bill for that. Okay. Now that's a $500 cleaning bill came to yeah. me. That's no, that's no joke. Yeah. But now I got a raving fan forever. Yeah. And she was so, and of course she was very grateful. Now imagine she goes home, she tells the husband, you're not going to believe what Logan did. Yeah. Logan, is sending a house cleaner to take care of this thing. And he's like, dang, that's legit. Yeah. You know? So now you got two raving fans. Right. Whereas previously, whether you want to admit it or not, you had two clients that said, this is some crap. Logan yeah. sold us this house. It's dirty. And he made all that money and we're out on our own. Now we got to hire a cleaner and pay money. This is ridiculous. Yeah. You see the difference? Yep. So you can solve the problem by giving some great service after the sale. The difference would be if she called me up and said, hey, this house is unacceptable. It is not clean enough. And we expect you to handle this. You should come over here with your mop and clean our house. We don't have time for this. 
conversation is a little different. Yeah, very different. But you'll notice too, uh, I don't get that call very much because yeah. my I try to build these relationships very, very strong. Now, mm-hmm. okay, I'm not perfect. I don't always have the perfect relationship, but nine times out of 10, I've built a relationship where if they call at all to tell me that it's dirty, they're not calling to blame me for that or to, or to expect me to handle anything for that. They're calling me just to empathize. Right. Right. And then I can do, then I can do my generosity and try to make it better. Mm -hmm. So in conclusion here, there's a balance between how to handle the service after the sale. You have to make sure your clients understand that they now own that house and everything is now their Mm -hmm. responsibility. And maybe even just warn them ahead of time. Just say, Hey, look, you know, when you buy a house, houses are not perfect. New houses are not perfect. Yeah. I guarantee you, you will go in there and something won't work right. Yeah. And that's just part of buying a house. Okay. Now, when we did our inspection, we found five things that were wrong mm-hmm. and we asked the seller to fix all five of those things. Then we did a final walkthrough or a reinspect, either one or both. And we confirmed that all five of those things were right. Mm-hmm. So when you, when you close, you know, assuming all those five things are right, that's what it should be. If one of those five things aren't right, that's kind of a different story. Right. Now I'll go back to the listing agent and say, Hey, this isn't right. You said this is, we're going to fix this. It looked fixed when we walked through. Right. I don't know if you can even have any recourse then. You probably still don't. But at least that way, it's a little different because you're pointing to a contract. Right. But if it's something outside of the contract, nobody's responsible for that mm-hmm. except for the new buyer. If the if the little nozzle on the oven doesn't turn all the way. Right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Go buy a new one. Yeah. Hey, look, I found one on Lowe's.com. It's only $37. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. And you can still service after the sale by helping without necessarily spending money, mm-hmm. but you're definitely not liable for that. Right, so don't, don't let your client feel, uh, make you feel like you are. Don't feel bad about it, but do everything you can to try to make your client feel less bad. Yeah. And if it's 37 bucks and you made 6,000, yeah. you know, write a check better yet. Call them up. Say, Hey, I'll be right there. I'm going to Lowe's mm-hmm. run over to Lowe's, grab that little nozzle, drive over with a glass of, you know, bottle of wine too. And say, Hey guys, yeah. Sorry, this is you know very disappointing to me. I just wanted to make it right for you because I want you yeah. to love your house. That thirty-seven bucks will be worth a million dollars over the next twenty years to you. Yeah. In between referrals, repeat business, raving fans, or some mm-hmm. reviews, all the stuff that you get because you go above and beyond. So have a big picture approach to that, and you'll be good. Absolutely. Go get them.